Last time on 30 and Nerdy. What's up, nerds? Thank you for tuning in to 30 and Nerdy Podcast. This episode is going to be all about the upcoming possession thriller, Hosts. This movie is gripping, people. I mean, I have seen it a few times now. I was lucky to get a private screener sent to me, and I got to set down with the directors as well as two very talented cast members hosts is set to drop in canada and the u.s october 2nd and video on demand and digital you can also get the dvd at darkskyfilms.com What's up, Nerd World Order? It's me, it's me, it's that N-E-R double D. This is the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Welcome back. If you are tuning in for the very first time, welcome to this new show. Hopefully your new addiction Thank you for joining, and I hope you'll take a minute while you're listening to check out 30nerdypodcast.com to see how you can follow the show and how you may support the show. Hope you'll take the time to also follow and leave a rating and review while you are with me today. If you're returning again, welcome back. Make yourself at home. If you listened to the previous episode, you heard about the upcoming possession horror movie hosts that episode also had an interview i was fortunate enough to have with the writers and directors rich oaks and adam leader as well as one of the talented stars in the film mr neil ward that's n-e-a-l neil ward you can find that episode wherever you cast your pod while you're listening i hope you will also take the time to follow them as well as the movie and the movie on all social media outlets. They're very talented. Uh, I can't wait for the film to come out. I did have the pleasure to watch the screener, like I said, before the interview. And I can't tell you enough, if you love horror, this is a movie for you. For horror fans. You will regret missing it, I'm telling you. It will be available in the U.S. and Canada on October 2nd, which is a mere 24 hours away from you listening to this. Today, I'm continuing the host talk and have a second interview with my favorite character in the film, Lucy, played by the very talented Samantha Loxley. I enjoyed talking with her. She is a ball of energy and so fun to talk to. She's one of those people that no matter what the topic is, it's a fun conversation. Uh, We talked about performance a lot. Not just hers, but just as an actor and a performer in general. Uh, Also, it was spoiler-free. So if you're here for spoilers, you're not going to get them out of me. You'll have to pry them out of my cold, dead fingers. There are 
no spoilers here. So please check this movie out just to see how thrilling of a horror film this is. Let's get this road on the show, nerds. DJ Mike Howie, take us to the show. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your host, Tyler Mack. (laughs) Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions, and Ashley Lodge Photography. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation by using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find the show in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email the show at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Now get ready to nerd out with your host, the Sweet Tea of the Nerdy South, your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Hello, hello, hello. Like I have said, I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. If you tuned in last time, you know about the fantastic interview that I had with the guys of the Hosts Horror Movie. Talked a little bit about them individually before going into the interview It was fantastic. It was exciting. You can find that wherever you cast your pod. Now, I also invite you to check out the show at 30andnerdypodcast.com as well as all social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram, 30andnerdypodcast, that's 30, and Twitter, at 30andnerdypod. Again, that's the number 30. Shoot me an email if you want, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Talk with me. Let me know what you're feeling out there in the nerdiverse, especially when you hopefully get hosts on October 2nd. I want to talk with you about it. It's a fantastic horror thriller. Podchaser.com. If you have not checked out Podchaser.com yet, what are you waiting for? If you go to Podchaser.com, there's a little search bar. You search for lists. There are two lists you need to search for. The Pod Nation, that's one word, P-O-D. N-A-T-I-O-N, and The Apocalypse, also one word, T-H-E-A-P-O-D-A-L-Y-P-S-E, The Apocalypse. Those are two very fantastic lists of other independent podcasts that we are a part of. Check them out. Give them a listen. Alternate. You know, pick one a day and give it a try. You'll absolutely love it. There's there's shows in there like the Grief Burrito, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, Three Hours Later, Three Fat Nerds. Fantastic shows that you need to be listening to no matter what walk of life you come from. It's not all nerd culture in these playlists. There's sports. There's true crime. There's nerd culture. There's horror films. There's parenting. There's everything you can think of. In the independent podcast world, go check out those two playlists, podchaser.com. I want to talk a little bit uh, 
about some things that have come out recently. Now, I cannot afford to have Barry Nerdington here for two episodes in a week. He's expensive to pay. Um, so you got him in the first episode, but he's he's outrageous. He price gouges. It's just ridiculous. So I'm going to have to talk to you a little bit about the nerd news that has recently happened just since recording and dropping that last episode. So this is kind of some breaking news from today as I record this. They have found our Kamala Khan. After long and a hard search, Marvel has found its Miss Marvel. The studio is tapping newcomer Iman Vellani to star in its Disney Plus series based on the comic book character that Marvel has created. Now, Kamala Khan is a Pakistani-American teen based in New Jersey. Miss Marvel first appeared in 2014 as Marvel's first Muslim character to star in her own title, and she will become Marvel Studios' first on-screen Muslim hero. Marvel Studios' chief Kevin Feige had said that in tradition... In addition to appearing on the small screen, Kamala Khan will be included in future Marvel films. So congratulations, Miss Vellani. Welcome to the MCU. Welcome to the nerd culture. So excited to see Kamala on the big screen and on Disney+. I've been playing Marvel's Avengers, and I tell you, Kamala is a fantastic character to play with. So much fun. And honestly... I play with her more than the others because she has got this high five move that just decimates. I love it. A little more new new stuff to get to. A Lion King sequel is underway with director Barry Jenkins at the helm. Jenkins is best known for his 2016's Moonlight, which won Best Picture. According to Deadline, the film will continue the style of John Favre's uh, Lion King and will explore the mythology of the characters and Mufasa's origin. Now, this comes weird because reviews were pretty mediocre for the live-action Lion King, both from critics, uh, audiences, as well as that shady Rotten Tomatoes, uh, giving it a 52%. And so it's kind of shocking to see a sequel... um, I mean, I know it was a huge fiscal success that made like over $1.5 billion, $1.6 billion, something like that, worldwide. So, of course, Disney has the money. Um, why not make a sequel, I guess? Uh, you know, and, and it's going to be somewhat of, of a, a new story to us. Getting that origin for Mufasa is going to be interesting. Uh, so, all right, moving on. The Los Angeles Comic Con revealed that they will be holding an in-person convention this December. Most conventions we all know have went digital or have been completely canceled and postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. LA Comic Con says they will be following a series of safety protocols to keep attendees as safe as possible. The floor mat is more spread out than normal to make social distancing easier. They are reducing the attendance by selling fewer tickets than normal, and offering a live stream of the panels for those who stay at home. 
2017, they received a whopping 100,000 visitors. So imagine what they are going to have to cut down for ticket sales. The convention is currently planned for December 11th through the 13th and is held in the L.A. Convention Center. I think that is a gutsy move. I truly do. Um, But we'll see how it happens. We're already getting some postponements. We got our first game postponement in the NFL with the Titans and the Steelers. No doubt that more are on the way, I can guarantee you. We may just learn that we rushed back into things, and I hope we don't learn the lesson the hard way, but it looks like we are going to. Moving on, last piece of little news here that I wanted to talk about is uh, a podcast, actually. Podcasts and audiobooks are on the rise lately. Uh, Some podcasters become celebrities, sure, and some are tearing it up on the independent podcasting realm, like our dear friends out there in the Pod Nation, in the Apocalypse Legion of Independent Podcasts, Alternate Reality Radio, tearing it up on the independent scene. And, of course, you've got companies like Audible that are blow- blowing up and booming right now, especially because of the pandemic. With the resurgence of the audio medium, a classic is coming back. The 1940s. Picture this. The 1940s was all about getting together as a family and listening to a radio show. But now you see these, like for instance, you had a Little Orphan Annie. Anyone who's seen The Christmas Story knows about Little Orphan Annie on the radio show. The Lone Ranger, Dick Tracy, Abbott and Costello. However, get this. Now these big companies are investing in podcasts and audiobooks. One of the most notable is DC Comics, who recently produced The Sandman. The next project is a Batman podcast drama called Batman Unburied. And I'm telling you, I'm already hooked. You've heard me talk on this show about how awesome the Wolverine podcast is. Well, I cannot wait for the Batman podcast. The story is new but promises to be a darker look into the Dark Knight. The drama will be produced by David S. Goyer of Phantom 4 Production Company. Now, Spotify has kind of got this partnership with DC right now. This will not be the first of podcasts to come out of the DC universe. And there will be far more Audible books. DC has partnered with Spotify and Audible and there are going to be so much content over the pod waves, the radio waves, the Audible book waves coming out of DC. And I think this only will grow into something fantastic. I'm very excited. That's the last little bit of like recent news, breaking news, what have you, that I wanted to discuss with you. There's uh, so much more that I've missed, and I understand that, but I'm not Barry Nerdington, obviously, so I don't do well with reading the news. So, we're going to take a quick break, alright? I'm going to step away a little bit and uh, take a quick commercial break and a word from our sponsor, And we will be right back at the 30 and 30 podcast.
Years ago, a father and his family lived in a big, bright house. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Dark Sky Films, relentlessly gripping possession thriller hosts. And one day, the father decided to invite some guests inside. Do you know how this story ends? On Christmas Eve, an innocent couple become host to a malicious entity. Throughout the night, they terrorize a family of five in unimaginably violent and disturbing ways. They destroy everything he loves. These demonic possessions mark the beginning of a worldwide supernatural takeover. And the family of five who fall victim to the first attack are the unfortunate ones to experience the start of this horrific epidemic. A dark and bloody insight on how lying to your loved ones can not only alienate them, but can completely destroy the bonds you have with them forever. Directors Richard Oakes and Adam Leader bring you a tense, bloody thrill ride for those brave enough to buy the ticket. Produced by Gillian Williams and Craig Hendy, Hosts is a gripping story that will keep you on the plate till the very end while serving up plenty of helpings of horror and gore. Starring Samantha Loxley, Neil Ward, Nadia Lemon, and Frank Jakeman. In my room. Just in time for Halloween, hosts comes to video on demand and digital October 2nd, 2020. Don't you want to be set free? Hey there, this is Neil Ward, and I'm one of the lead actors of the film Hosts, and you're listening to 30 and Nerdy. Well, nerds, it is is yet again time to talk about the upcoming movie hosts as i have said i had the chance to view a private screener of the feature horror film from dark sky films and dark fable media it is currently out for pre-order on itunes and dvd at darkskyfilms.com but will be out october 2nd for video on demand and digital in the u.s and canada before I get to my guest in this episode, I want to read some of the already great reviews about the film uh, for those who have been lucky to view it. Now, some of these I have had to to cut out some parts because in the review they mention aspects of the film, and I told you, no spoilers. Horror fans will definitely enjoy Hosts. At first, Hosts is all about introducing the characters. A family of five and their neighbors, a young couple, getting ready to have Christmas dinner together. 
It's classic family shenanigans with two older kids returning home from Christmas. They're in their 20s but acting like they're five-year-olds while they're together. And I can attest, as a sibling, it doesn't matter how old you are, you're going to do that. Uh, Nothing really seems weird at first, but when something changes, something small, even that we don't know too much about. However, when the young couple arrives for dinner at the neighbors, we can see that something is definitely off. This is when things begin to get scary as hell real fast. I cannot commend the eerie vibe and delicious creepiness enough. Horror fans will revel in these elements and should definitely enjoy hosts. Here's another one. A mostly unknown but stellar cast. I should mention that while everyone in the cast does an excellent job, the young couple really has some fun angles to work with and get the most out of it. When the woman, Lucy, starts whispering, I was both intrigued and terrified. Lucy, who is portrayed brilliantly by actress Samantha Loxley, who really gets a lot out of this character. Here's another one. A lean, mean, uncompromising, brutal film that will leave the viewer wishing they had a bigger sofa to hide behind and double-checking the doors before going off to bed. The timing in terms of the lead-up to the scene and how the scene plays out were a perfect example of a director, cast, and writer working together and knowing exactly what was needed for the film to ensure anyone, even a jaded horror film fan like myself, would be shocked to the core. Now those are just some of the words being said about this film. And I cannot even... I cannot even say them all because it would spoil something and I am that adamant on not spoiling anything. Um, I even cut certain aspects out of both interviews that would be considered spoilers, possibly. Now, later down the road, if, if Adam and Rich allow me to, then maybe down the road, after the film has been out for a while, if Dark Skies allows it, whoever, maybe I will release some of the bonus material of those interviews that that had to be cut on patreon or something so uh i I mean i i cannot agree enough with some of these words the performances are fantastic writing directing the vibe you get the mood just a few things that make this one of my new favorite horror films uh in the modern era especially out of the last 10 years um like the one critic I, too, have been kind of a jaded horror fan. I mean, I've been kind of a jaded fan in general as of late. And this was just not a nice breath of fresh air uh, in not just horror genre, but as a movie. So I want to tell you a little bit about my guest, Samantha Loxley. Originally from Essex. Samantha trained at ALRA, where she completed the three-year acting course. Some theater credits include Ruby in Can't Stand Up for Falling Down at Wimbledon Theater and performing at the Southwark Playhouse for Director's Cut Theater Company. Prior to this, she starred in the action-packed film Election Night, 
You will also be able to catch her in the upcoming war film, The Eastern Front. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Samantha underscore Loxley. As I have said, I had a fantastic time uh, interviewing uh, not just Samantha, but uh, but but the the gentlemen Neil and Rich and Adam. Um, I really hope that I get a chance to do this again later down the road. Uh, any chance to get to talk to them about not just horror, but just talk to them. They're great guys, and Samantha's fantastic just to have a conversation with. Uh, so I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will have a chance to sit down with Samantha, Sam, as they call her, uh, to talk about her part and a little bit more in the upcoming film Hosts. 30 and Nerdy podcast will return after a brief word from our sponsors. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, Producer Michael. Producer Michael, hi. Oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. I'm Samantha Loxley. I'm here doing a podcast with Bertie and Nerdy, and I'm in the upcoming film Hosts. I guess we can get started. I, I just, I just wanted to thank you for for taking the time today because I'm going to be honest with you. I was was very sad the other day. Oh when, really? Because um, oh, you've already done a chat with the guys, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, when I we was getting close to that interview and. Rich or Adam one messaged me and said, uh, she's, she's been double booked. She's on a yeah, different show I, I, and I couldn't make it. Yeah. She can't make it. And I was, I, I almost was like, well, can we reschedule? Cause she's the one I wanted to talk to, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, don't disrespect to them. You haven't, um, you haven't seen the, the screen, haven't you? Three times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, I can understand. I mean, I can understand somebody wanting to interrogate me about the film. Well, here's not the thing. Away any spoilers, but I'm not particularly nice in it. No, 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 no. But I love it. I love that. Because... Oh, I'm, I'm so glad, and I'm, I'm glad. Um, you know, some, some people have found it uh, too creepy to watch more than once in full, or maybe just watch parts of it. So hearing that you wanted to watch it more than once is, is actually amazing. So I really appreciate Well, that. I had to watch it the first time I watched it. And anytime I'm watching something new, I usually try to, I mean, unless it's in theaters, cause you know, I don't know what it's like over there, but here in America, if you were to when go you, see the same it, movie it, twice, you mean a, a cinema. Yeah. Cinema. Yeah. 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 If you were to, um, Go see a movie twice. For instance, when Avengers Endgame came out, 
-hmm. Obviously, every nerd wants to see it multiple times. <laughs> but here, when one person's ticket is $14, $15, not including drinks and popcorn yeah yeah it's yeah. like i can't go multiple times to a movie theater it's the it's the same it's the same here i think um it's just expensive yeah i th i mean I, I i when i when i was growing up i remember being able to get a, a cinema ticket for you know a, maybe a fiver or or, or six pounds or something which i yeah. guess would be maybe eight or nine dollars i think mm -hmm. uh so and and it's nothing it's nothing to do with the film industry this is just how things go you know no one's no one's to blame for this or anything but now uh one one ticket especially if you get it in um if it's if it's a new release or if it's in the bigger screens or if it's in 3d or i don't know if you have imax there but it's the yes. one on the huge screen i know the one in london is the size of three double-decker buses uh, I don't know if you guys have double-decker buses there, but they're the big red ones in Harry We do. Uh, in, in, <laughs> tourist, in tourist cities, we do. Big cities like... Yeah, yeah. So there's there's not many of those, but th those can sometimes be 15, 16 pounds a ticket. And I understand it, and, and I know that it's it's um, uh, uh, an, an industry that really we need to keep alive, especially since things like Netflix and stuff have come out. But oh, yeah. going to the cinema or... or you say the movie theater right Go, going to that is it's still a different experience and there's certain films that i always think you know oh if i'd seen this on on a big screen or you know if you ever go anywhere long distance on a plane and you see a film on a plane and you're like you know what this was good it would be better if it was 50 foot wide and 50 foot tall yeah, and exactly. blaring the noise out <laughs> uh, so yeah no i am um, I, I i totally agree with you so the the um anyone that watches anything more than once even if it's but I, I had to because i had to watch it as a fan of horror then i had to watch it a second time for like taking notes oh, okay yeah because because you, you, I mean, you watch a lot of horror films in general oh, don't you yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pro babe don't worry about it <laughs> i'm a horror whore <laughs> i guess <laughs> i guess you said that not me i did I did, but I am like I was. I was telling them my first horror movie I saw at like the age of seven was The Exorcist, and I immediately was yeah. latched on to this feeling yeah. of fear. Well, I'm sure you, you and um, Adam, one of the directors, you have that in common because he loves it. He's, uh, he's he showed me his tattoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's um, it's it's the 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 face, isn't it? Yeah, um, of Pazuzu the demon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I mean, I'm not on first name terms, but <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but yeah, no, and, and I am. Um, I mean, I've I've seen it, and actually, I was I was very lucky about two, just just about two years ago, um, in London on the West End, which I guess would be the equivalent of Broadway in yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had uh, this the stage play of the X, uh, and it was scary. Um, it did have lots of, it had a lot of elements from the film and, and I, I've seen the film, I, I've seen it a couple of times, but then I've also seen scary movies. So I feel like between the two of them, I kind of knew the story quite well, gotcha. but um, it, it was, whenever you see something like that, it's very much a production in its own right. So of course, if you read the book of anything and see the film of anything or see the play of anything, you have to sort of appreciate, it's not gonna be the same. Yeah. It's going to be its own thing, but it obviously it's still telling the same kind of story. Do you know what I mean? So mm. going in with sort of that attitude, I did find it scary. And uh, we went and it had already been on for about two months, I think. And when you start, um, 
in in the the theater so you're sitting there and the ushers who, who the, the guys that show you to your seats and everything they when they show you to your seat they have to tell everyone you must put your drink on the ground for the start of the the play after that you can do whatever you want but any food or drink you have you must put on the floor in front of you uh, and and you you're not allowed to hold it and this was It'll because squeeze it. The, the, the start of the show was so scary that in the first two weeks people kept either throwing drinks over their shoulders or like spilling it all over each other and it was like it's like obviously you you can't help it if you're scared and you fling a drink over yeah. the old lady behind you but like if she complains it's like well we can't do anything about it the first of all you got scared Exactly. I just love that a play had that disclaimer. It's like, when you sit down, you must not have anything in your hands in case you throw something at the grumpy person behind you. But I, I watched it a third time because I know there's things I'll miss, even the first two watch-throughs, because you're watching with different eyes. You're yeah. watching as a fan the first time just to take it in. Second time, you're looking in a more analytical note-taking like, I've got to ask questions about this later on. So look for specific types. And then I was like, I'm going to go back and watch it because I know that my, both of those eyes miss things. Yeah. And I yeah. did. Like, each time I watched it, I'd see something different. And that's what I, I, I love. Like, even being in it, there's, you know, because I, I, I didn't get to watch the other characters the whole time. So every time <laughs> I've seen it, I've sort of gone, oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> I didn't notice that. And, and I, I love it when a film has little complexities like that, that you mm. can pick up on or little things, or maybe if you watch it when you're in a different mood yes. and then you feel a whole different kind of way about one or two of the storylines and you're like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you talked about not being so nice in it. Uh, in <laughs> horror, it, it was kind of, and I, and I hate this, but, you could almost say it was built on the aspect of a guy going dark that's given, but a quality performance from a girl going dark and delivering it. And, and in truthfully, the way you delivered it was, was poetic almost in your deliverance. And again, I, I'm, I'm weird. I love horror. So I love the dark. Um, <laughs> so, don't judge me, but no, 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 don't be afraid of the duck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just, you did it so well and. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I loved it. Uh, what, I guess one, my first question is what brought you into it? Did you, did you audition? Did you know this, this was being created? Um, well, so actually, um, it was, uh, it was it was all a bit sort of um, haphazard and sort of last minute, really. Sorry, I'm also speaking a bit haphazardly because I'm trying to gather my thoughts together because I'm a complete banana. But um, the um, like uh, the banana on your shoe. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's why I said it. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so I um, I didn't know anybody uh, involved in this project. I, I didn't know any of them apart from Neil, who plays Jack in the mm. film. I think he spoke to yes. the other day uh, and and he had known the directors for a while they'd done some things together and they they'd been you know trying to turn to put this on his feet for for a little while and i i knew neil as a friend and we'd 
done some sort of like bits and bobs together, but we hadn't actually worked together in an acting sense. Uh, mm. So, but he, he recommended me for this, but um, so I, I'd like heard about it and then it, it didn't work out. They had uh, someone else like cast already and, and whatever. And I'm not sure what the guys told you in your previous uh, conversation with them, but the entire shoot was meant to be done at night. So yes. when you're turning up for two weeks of night shoots, you sort of need to prep yourself and sort of turn into a badger so that you, <laughs> you, you can just like sleep during the day and yes. go be awake at night kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so everyone was kind of on that mode. And um, there was, for, for whatever reasons, I'm still not quite sure what happened, but uh, we were due to start filming the Monday. So that would mean the Monday night. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was either the Saturday night or the Sunday morning before. So about a day or day-ish before, uh, I got a call from them saying that someone's dropped out. Um, are you free? Do you want to come and do this film? <laughs> and I was like, well, I know Neil. Neil was a, a, a great laugh. He, he was a, a chum of mine. Uh, and I was sort of on the phone to them like, okay, yeah, great. Can I see the script? <laughs> um, because I'd only seen a snippet of it in, in weeks prior, but mm. that's, that's before they, they cast the other person. And um, so I had about uh, 24 hours sort of notice. And I said, yeah, great, I'll do it. And, and at the time I was, I was free. So, and obviously it's a feature film and it sounded great and it was a main part. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it sounded really cool. Uh, but then they said, oh, by the way, um, so tomorrow, uh, the first scene that we're shooting is uh, 20 pages of dialogue. Um, Fantastic. Is that okay? And I was like, yep. 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 That's All fine. <laughs> so basically, I had to sort of skim read the whole film. And I think it's the worst thing to do to skim read because mm. I, when I read it, I sort of mix up the character names. And then I forget who's doing what. But mm -hmm. then I think, I can't believe she did that. Oh, wait, it was him that did that. Okay, wait, hang on, I have to read this again. Uh, but then uh, kind of all my focus went on to learning the first part. So in the film, uh, I'm not giving away any spoilers, but in the first part of the film, there is uh, Jack and Lucy in their home. It's quite, um, I mean, I, I hate watching myself back when I'm being sort of giggly and stuff, but um, it, it's it's them as they are. They're, they're a very sweet couple. They, they've got things going for them. They're very happy together. Uh, and and it's, um, I guess in the film, I think it's about eight or 10 minutes long. So um, yeah. turning up <laughs> into the middle of Oxfordshire, having a day's notice. Well, yeah. Like, not knowing anybody thing apart from you. No one thing I said to him was, <laughs> you rarely see that in horror these days. Like, <laughs> you're building these characters already lovable and we get to see this moment, this Christmas gift moment, you know, him on his way yeah. home. I've dyed my hair. You I know, there's exposition um, early on about these characters. You think, Oh, yeah. these are the main, like these are the heroes that we're going to fall in love with. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also like, it's kind of, there's some sweet moments in there, mm -hmm. but they're also sort of like, he's sort of, being a little bit moany and she's like no stop it come on and then he's like oh come on you know like they're, they're not having an argument but they're just sort of like nudging each other and that's yes. what real relationships are like you know Absolutely. and he's like oh come on can I just have one more chocolate and she's like no we're, we're eating later you know that that kind of thing and it's it's that it's not just lovey-dovey it's yeah normal 
and they're sort of yeah, um, taking the piss out of each other. But because your like, friends first in a relationship. Yeah, and they're um and they're they're, they're both hardworking. They've been looking forward to Christmas the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because- um, you know, she she's a, a school teacher, uh, and he he's he's a um, an engineer on the trains and stuff. So like, they're like, Christmas is here finally. Okay, we can sit down. Oh no, wait, I'm still gonna moan at you. Oh, but you're so cute. Oh, you're cute. You know. <laughs> and of course, there's that moment where you know the the sappy gift that he gives you, and yeah. <laughs> so I, I just I already like I grasped it. I was like, oh, you know, this is. And then the shift happens that comes yeah, out of nowhere. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how much I'm allowed to. Yeah, I don't, I don't, we, we won't get too spoilery. I was going to say, just, if there's any spoilers, please just cut me off because yeah. in case you can't tell, I'm an absolute chatterbox. <laughs> I love it. I, I am too. So, but the shift is all yeah. we'll call it. That comes, and yeah. I told the guys, I was like, "No." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it's this. Quite, watching it back, it's quite. Um, it's almost like you're uh, like I'm not. I'm not just saying this because it's me. Like generally, the vibe between seeing them and then seeing what happens, it is just sort of a plummet. It is, and it just sort of your heart just sort of sinks, and it's like, oh come on! <laughs> I wanted to see where this was going. <laughs> were yeah. we going towards marriage? What were we going? <laughs> yeah, um, um, and it, yeah, it's 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 um. And it because it because it's it's almost nothing that happened, which yeah. makes it worse because it it's you can't there's nothing there's nothing huge there's no big crash there's no monster that comes in through the wall or, or the Kool Aid Man yeah. or something it's it's just this thing and I think sometimes the less you know it it the worse it is do you know what I mean Absolutely because I told them that the other day. These days in, in a lot of modern horror, and it kind of started shifting early 2000s, mid 2000s, mm. is they give you, feed you everything with this silver spoon right on. You know, you see the monster yeah. early on. They've created this, you know, visually effective monster and, and it crashes through and it eats a city. And then this character that we don't care about later on is who saves it. But we don't know any, anything about this character who comes in. Yeah. But if you, the less you show, like I, I talked to him about the movie Jaws, you don't see the shark till 15 minutes before the movie's open. Yes. But in your mind, a person's mind is as far more creepy in what it creates yeah. than what a director can get. Yeah, and, and the, the, the element of not knowing, mm. it's like... Um, it's, I know it's, I mean, it is a, a horrible situation, but it's not a horror film. So, you know, Blood Diamond, yes. um, which came out a, a few years ago, uh, there's, a, there's a scene where um, the, um, the, these guys invade the village mm-hmm. where the main characters are, and you see them like, as, as punishment. They're chopping off um, what they consider to be criminals. They're, tr- they're chopping off their hands or maybe their finger. They never yeah, actually yeah. show yeah. it. They show the... the machete and they show someone being held down and then you don't see anything else i think it's so much worse than actually seeing it because you're creating what's terrifying about it and then also you the not knowing you're like did they didn't they and i think that can be so much worse it's i mean classically with with um horror movies that have monsters i think Mm. if you just see like a foot or a shadow or or like in say for example with alien if you see a load of snot (laughs) 
that can be so much more horrible than seeing it because you're actually being afraid of being afraid of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to sound like Harry Potter, but it's like fear of fear itself. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm a fan of the show Supernatural. And oh, yeah. Is that the one where the, uh, there's the two brothers that hunt yes. down uh, yes. demons and, and stuff? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And in the early seasons, they took a a very old school horror vibe where you barely get to see the creatures. They don't just in your face. This is what the creature looks like. And like episode two is like titled Wendigo. And you don't really get to see this full embodiment of the creature. And I was like, that's so much scarier because I'm creating what this creature looks like. Yeah. And if if you see like the effect of it and then, maybe a shadow or, or something that is done or whatever. I think that can be, yeah, really, really bad. Absolutely. And I think um, in terms of like the way in, in terms of hosts, you never quite, there's some things that you don't see and there's mm-hmm. some things that you see, but you don't quite know how they happened and some things that just don't quite make sense. And I think that kind of plays into the same thing. Like you don't have to show everybody exactly every stage of what happens you miss out a few of them like firstly i think it's good to trust your audience and be able to say like they can make sense of this part. absolutely let um, them you know, convey. Like if you show somebody looking around a house and then they're going up the top of the stairs you don't have to cl- show them climbing every single stair that that kind of thing exactly i mean i'm very simplifying it quite a lot there but um no yeah, that's there, true. there are um there's there's quite a few things in there which Again, I like. I mean, you said you you've watched it a few times now, so I'm yeah. sure that you've seen things which you didn't notice the first time. And I personally, I the first time I saw it was on uh, a laptop. Um, yeah. And even though, like, I would like to think my laptop is half decent, uh, but then when I watched it on um, the big TV, then I could see things. Uh, say, for example, like when when people are looking out the window or into the bushes and stuff then I could see things that I couldn't see on the laptop. And it's not to do with brightness. It's just to do about the, the, the magnitude of like the screen. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Your field of vision, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's what it is. And then I got scared. <laughs> I was like, what's going to happen? Oh, I should know this. I read the script. <laughs> so what were some of your, um, I guess, inspirations? Like, is the horror genre something that you've always kind of latched to? Uh, do you have parts of the horror genre that kind of resonate with you um so i mean i've i've i mean i like yeah so i i've i've always liked horror films i mean when i say like i've always been terrified by them uh but i think it's more about um i love characters and i love storytelling and it's if it's a horror film that has a good story and the characters tell the story like really well that's what i'd like if it's a horror film that's just scary and there's not really any story or you don't believe yeah. the character, then it's, I'll still be terrified. I just won't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, know what I mean? you won't go back um, to watch it again. Yeah. And then also sometimes you get really, really sort of uh, like, I mean, it, it's brilliant, but it's horrible. You know, the film Hereditary. I love. Yes. So the thing is, I'm like, I very, very much admire it. And I really, really, like it but it's hard for me to say I like it because it's so horrible yes. so like 
I don't like what they're doing. I just like the film as a piece of work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm absolutely. like trying to be politically correct and I'm like, fuck it, it's a great film. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I, I mean, I think um, for me, because you asked about me, me going into sort of the, the horror genre and stuff, and I've, um, I've done, uh, I mean, until... Uh, last year so this would be 2019 um, until last year I'd done mostly kind of I'd done some theatre work and everything but I'd done mostly kind of commercials when it comes to filming experience I did some TV work on on, on a show which was out here uh, but then um, it's um it's been mostly commercials and for me it was it was quite tricky to sort of break out of um, the sort of classic sort of you know toothpaste like commercial <laughs> look and, yeah. and sort of be taken seriously mm-hmm. and I think um and not that this is a bad thing but I think sometimes on screen I can look sort of like like the sort of cutesy innocent girl next door kind of thing I think um maybe I, I think I've got quite big eyes for the shape of my face I don't know but something makes people think that like oh yeah she's very commercial so that's kind of what I do and I love commercials don't get me wrong they're huge fun and the, the crews are always brilliant uh but the thing with commercials is that um you know you have the job for a week and then oh, then you're then, back to the drawing board and yeah then it's what's you, next you, yeah, and you can make some really great contacts and have a really good time, but it, it's 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 more like a job than a career, and it's sort mm-hmm. of going job to job, which it which again is great, and I'm really grateful for. But I always think it's nice to have something with a bit more longevity to it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd I'd been trying for ages to get into sort of more serious stuff or or more long like ongoing stuff, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, I had always been told that I would play a very good victim. You know, I'm very good at looking scared or looking tragic. You know, in, in terms of Shakespeare, I'd be, you know, the unfortunate maiden yeah. stabbed or something. Yeah, exactly. A bit, yeah. a bit yeah. drowny. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, like, it's probably about the big eyes. I can just look sad all the time. <laughs> um, but then, and and um, yeah, and and. Uh, I mean, I, I love like theatre and stuff, but I the, all the experience I had there was um, with was stuff that I'd kind of like done myself. But last year, yeah, in, in twenty nineteen, I um, I got my first ever role in a feature film uh, where I was like a, a like a named character, and it was a very combat heavy film. It was kind of sort of based around politics and people having fights around it, all kind of based in one house. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like um, the first thing I'd ever done. Yeah. And again, it was it was an indie film, so it was quite low budget and stuff. And then I kind of thought like, oh, okay, I don't know if I'm really like, I don't know if I kind of did like a good job on that. I don't know if I'm really suited for this. Uh, and then when Neil, Neil Ward got in touch with me about this one, I was kind of like, okay, because in the previous one, I'd been the really nice host like, no, sorry i don't mean to say that i've been no the really nice, words. i mean, no no but in the previous <laughs> film i'd been the really nice lady that accepts people into her house and then it all turns ugly and we end up having a massive fight and and like killing each other and stuff yeah um, but then <laughs> i thought well yeah but that's a one off i'm 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 not the savage person i'm not the alpha female i'm 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 the victim look at me i look how sad i look and then <laughs> 
then when I got the call about hosts, I'm like, okay, I can be a demon. Okay, yeah, I can be horrible. <laughs> and, then, yeah. <laughs> and then after hosts, uh, about a month or two later, um, I got called up to do a couple of days on a war film where I was playing a sniper and I get to shoot a load of dudes. <laughs> so oh, apparently... Yeah. I thought I was always a tragic actress that was the sweet girl next door that, you know, tragically gets stabbed in some Shakespearean love story. It's like, nah, I'm actually a bit of a bellend that just kills everyone. Like, I mean, but, you know, hey. <laughs> you know, what do I know? <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I think um, it's... Uh, uh, it's amazing when you get, so your, your original question was about what, what sort of drew me into this kind of thing. And um, firstly, get, getting uh, seen or getting uh, the option to play something like this is brilliant. So mm. that's one thing where if someone is interested in you, I mean, the acting world is full of insecurity. And if, yes. you, if you get suggested for something and you suddenly go, oh, fuck me, I can't do that. Like, you, you know, oh, sorry. Swearing. No, 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 you're fine. That's like, great. Okay, like, fuck me, I can't do that. Or like, <laughs> I can't dance. Or I'm, you know, I, I haven't got a third, like a third level sword, like qualification or whatever. But then sometimes you can just say fuck it and go. Uh, and um, I think that's that's the other thing. And and um, especially as um, as an actress, there's very few um, films or roles or, or anything really where you get to be as powerful as the man, mm -hmm. but not be like the baddie. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you're not, so say for example, yes. like Lady Macbeth, she's yes. like, she's very powerful. She's hugely powerful. She's this historic figure and whatever, but everyone thinks that she controlled, or, or, I mean, I think she probably did. She controlled her husband and she was kind of being power hungry and catty and forcing mm -hmm do things now that's one thing that's being controlling and that's being what what in an office that would be considered being a bitch yes. but if you have a character who is equally as powerful but not controlling or, or can can be just as controlling as the other one and has like an equal then it's just powerful and then you you're not playing into the stereotype of being like catty or bitchy then you're just being a powerful character mm -hmm. and i think this script was amazing for that um whether it was intentional or not, and I think it was because the guys are massive feminists anyway, but <laughs> I think uh, they, um, they, they wrote this character and the more and more we went over it, I felt like um, Lucy was more in control than Jack was as, as the film goes on. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that yes. as well. But it's like, she's in control without doing anything. It's, and it's when you get like, when someone owns a casino and they're sitting at the bar of the casino that they own and then some some schmuck comes up and starts bragging about what he's won or what he's doing or how much money he has and this this owner of the casino just sits down and goes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what lucy is yes you know what i mean <laughs> i really hope that came across because it's like no 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 i ain't lifting a finger honey <laughs> there was there was a moment where you truly were in control of every aspect of this scene. And I'm not going to spoil anything <laughs> because as an audience member, you see something that Lucy has <laughs> that no one at the table ha knows about. And 
I'm like, she is controlling the scene and nobody Oh, you, you're it. talking about that scene? Yes. I'm just like, uh, okay. and you, you're waiting <laughs> and you're waiting. I'm like, she has all the control. When does she pull the trigger? When uh-huh. does she, when does she say like, all right, my turn, you know, they're having this beautiful moment and, but, but you're in control of the exposition of this scene and nobody <laughs> at the table knows you're in control. Yeah. Kind of like the person at the bar doesn't know they're talking to the owner of the casino. Exactly. Yeah. And you're just like, as an audience member, though, you're like, "Holy crap! When does she decide?" Uh huh. And I love, I love that they did that because um, at the beginning of the scene, you see the threat, mm-hmm. and then you go back and you see the scene, and nobody knows what's happening, but the audience already knows that the threat is there, and it's it's like a ticking time bomb. It's like, yes. when is it going to happen? I don't know, but fuck me. Who's it going to happen to? You know, like, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you got that because it's, um, that was kind of, I mean, after a certain point, like, Lucy's doesn't care. (laughs) And it's kind of like, um, that was, it was, uh, th- I mean, that scene, I, I don't know if you need to cut this out, maybe it's spoilers or anything, but that whole scene, the family have this lovely, like, Christmas conversation. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm taking it in, but I am not listening and I do not care. And that was really hard as an actress, because normally, you're like, you know, if you're, if you're going back and forth on a scene with someone, you're like, I'm listening, I'm listening. Oh, you're ad-libbing. Oh, great, yeah, I'll do some improvisation here. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, you can bounce off me. But I'm just like, it's almost like you're the comedian waiting to deliver the punchline. Yeah. Like, this isn't the yeah. moment. No, this isn't the time. <laughs> There's got to be this perfect time for the punchline to hit. And yeah. then you can see that just like, no, not yet. <laughs> but as an audience member, you're like, huh, uh, come on. You know, like, I don't like feeling this uncomfortable for this long. Like naturally humans don't like, I think think naturally we, we hate uncomfortability more than we hate fear. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And, and that scene you're just, and you dictate the scene too, not just in your performance, but just all the cards are in your hand and we also, I'm just really rude. Like, I just think, like, there's certain manners. I mean, I know, I know we're, we're, like, across the pond from each other, but seriously, Lucy, bitch, you're being rude. Seriously, just, just <laughs> thank you. Like, say grace and, like, pick up your knife and fork. At least pretend you're enjoying the food. No, you're <laughs> sitting there, and I kind of want to be the like... the scariest thing about the film? Manners. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I am going to write her an angry letter. I tell you not. <laughs> that's that's like my go-to for for any anything. Whenever something pisses me off, I've. It's ironic you just say that. I'm automatically like I'm writing an angry letter tonight to whatever <laughs> it is. Like whether it's a director who's screwed up a character that I read in the comics, or <laughs> you know, like they're getting an angry letter from me tomorrow <laughs> well you know what i i normally actually say it in person say if something goes wrong like say if you're in, in a shop or something and it's never the employee's fault there's never there's nothing they can do whatever if there's or, or in, a, in a restaurant or something if there's anything that goes wrong 
I say to them, like, it's not your fault, but I might write you an angry letter. And I say it a bit like my like Dumbledore. But then they sort of they sort of laugh and like if you sort of let them like because they know that I'm not serious, they know that I don't care, they know that I've probably done their job as well. I've been a waiter before and stuff. Like so they sort of go like, okay, I'll help you out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's something about being humble and sarcastic that just really works. I mean, I don't know. I don't think sarcasm works quite the same over there. <laughs> I love. I, I speak it fluently. <laughs> So I don't, I don't know how it works to the person I'm delivering it to, but I know <laughs> it works for, for me. <laughs> it works for me just fine. Uh, so I love it. You know, we talk about the tension. I guess a question I have about the tension is what's that like as a cast member? Uh, for instance, like not only is the movie driving this tension, but you are actually one of the, causes for the tension i'm a perpetrator <laughs> was it something that you know you hear cut and it goes away or did it did it follow you a little bit so when when you say tension do you, do you mean um sort of working because obviously like scenes might have been shot on different days and stuff do you mean yes. keeping it going like keeping that energy going from one to the other, or do you mean going in between takes? I say like, well, both. I mean, you, from do you find yourself, for instance, I, I did a, a stage play of, of the movie, wait until dark. And okay. I had to play this character that I'm not normally used to playing. Like I'm always stuck in the comedic LeFou type character. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. From, from beating the beast. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. for, for the first time ever, I'm getting to play this, mean you know not belligerently mean more like a huh. creepy silent con man hmm. i've killed people probably in condom and i found myself like sitting in a corner in between scenes like stuck like it's almost like there's this levity of like that i'm stuck in and i'm kind of like i don't want to take this home after the show's over yeah so were there moments where you're like, I've yeah. got to shake this off. You know, I can't yeah. go home with this. I, so, yeah, I, I, I totally know what you mean. I think with um, any time that um, I've had to play any kind of character which has, say, any kind of trauma mm -hmm. or is, a, is a, a, like a victim of something or, or when, um, like, not, not that it's something on command. I think it comes through truth and character and everything. But if, if for, whatever, for whatever reason there's crying involved, um, I think... Or, or if you actually have to be the perpetrator of that. So if you deliver the cruelty or if you have to be a horrible character or, or you know, you abuse somebody else in, in some form or whatever, whether it's verbally or, or in, a, in a fight sort of basis, I think... Um, firstly to to get into those characters and get into those states every every person and every actor will have a different way of tapping into that mm -hmm. um and uh not that not saying that it's mechanical but um it's it's something that as a as a as a working actor as a professional and and let's face it this is a job yes uh, you have to be able to not necessarily do it on the spur of the moment, but you have to be able to tap into it. And then you also have to be able to tap out of it. Obviously some roles will be very, very hard to 
tap out of. And this is, this is just my perspective. I know other actors have different ways of it, but this is just the way that I uh, de mm -hmm. deal with it. And it's sort of, um, and, and trust me, like it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy the first few times I did this kind of thing. The first time I ever had to cry, I was, you know, upset for a week or whatever. <laughs> but I think you have, um, you have ways to get in and ways to get out. And there's a, a, a separation that comes between yourself and the character, but also the character must have, um, for me personally, like it must have something or some sort of similarity or some parallel storyline to something that resonates with you so that then you can actually get in their skin. And I think getting underneath someone's skin and getting in their shoes, but not just, not just feeling sad, feeling yeah. the story. And if the story makes you sad, then your character is sad. You know what I mean? You're, mm -hmm. you're not just doing it to be sad. No, you go there and you understand exactly what it is. And say, for example, they've had a loss in their family and like you, uh, at some point you experience a loss whether it's a family member or a friend or a pet or something you can sort of channel that into that and you can make it separate but then you when you're playing this character you build it enough that it feels real but then you can also retract yourself mm -hmm. and i think um sometimes if you linger in that too long it can be really really hard to come out of and that's that's where it's it's tricky and I think we, we've all had tough stuff going on in, in our lives in the past. I mean, nobody ever, yeah. came to, nobody ever came to 30 years old on an early route, you know? <laughs> but um, when I think the real, real big part of it is being able to come out of it, being able to, like, you, being able to, like, shake it off and realise yes. that it's separate. Uh, and obviously sometimes that's easier than others. But some, when it's, uh, I think playing Lucy was one of the most, uh, not giving a spoiler, it was one of the most evil things mm. I have ever had to do. And thinking of her as a separate entity and by doing so, having her as a separate entity, I enjoyed what I was doing. So that... Thanks. It think was of like for me. I enjoyed it, and I think enjoying it was possibly what made it actually scary. Because like, I'm yes. not particularly threatening. That's yeah. That's um. <laughs> and I think making her so separate from me um made it almost robotic and she's she's uh she's not quite lucy anymore she's something that once was lucy mm -hmm. and almost like the and, thing and that the, is lucy now really enjoyed it yes and she and you could see it out and she enjoyed it and to be honest once i figured that out it was so much fun and i hate that well well that that's the thing is it's I, I, that's one thing i didn't say about doing this character and waiting till dark is what was scary to me was that I enjoyed it too much. Mm. I enjoyed playing that character. And mm. also, I also recently did American Idiot, the, ah. the musical. Yes, And yes. getting to tune into this just angry anarchist yeah. mentality. 
I was like, yeah. I enjoyed that too much. And it's like, it's, I think it's when, when you have an absolute polar opposite of you. Yes. It's sometimes like, cause, cause before, before they call like action or a minute or so before action, like if you're having a laugh and really, really like getting on with the people opposite you, I find it sometimes easier rather than sort of going into that place for, which I also appreciate, but like going into that place for about five minutes, focusing on what you want and everything, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I find it easier to go from the absolute opposite and then dive straight into it. Because sometimes if you've just been laughing at something, it's easier to cry about it. Yes. I don't know if that makes any sense, but but I mean, that's how I work. And apparently I've got a seesaw in my brain. So <laughs> I don't know if you call it that a seesaw, you know, the things that kids play on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that, you know, I told this to the guys the other day that essentially almost everything, almost every character is playing two characters, uh, mm. two, two opposite characters, whether it's you and as Lucy or whether it's, uh, I can't remember his name. the 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 kid. Um, oh, Buddy. Um, Buddy. Yeah. Uh, ben. Yeah. Ben. Yes. Uh, he's playing essentially this child who's got two siblings, laughing, happy go lucky. Then he has to flip into a terrified child. Yeah. But yeah. you get to play three characters. <laughs> technically, you get to play Lucy. Uh-huh. You get to play angry antagonist that you've seen and you get to play the antagonist who doesn't know how to be lucy like you like you're you're sitting at the table and you can't even fake being lucy with this family this entity can't there's almost an uncomfortability in the entity like i i don't i don't like i want to i'm about to cause mayhem but this middle ground that I'm supposed to be in. Oh no! It's, um, it's kind of really like this. Uh, I've never, I haven't heard that before. Um, you know, her, big her, uh, her people skills are <laughs> non-existent. At hey, this if point. she went, if she went on LinkedIn or like, like <laughs> something, she'd be absolutely shit. It'd be like, <laughs> I will own you and your soul. Sorry, Lucy, we don't have a park you at the post office. Right. Well. Ugh, <laughs> so what were some were there any nuances that you brought that were not necessarily directed but they were just like keep it keep that um do, do you mean in terms of like acting wise yes um i think uh because obviously there was very limited time on set we were all filming at, at night and there was, mm-hmm. there was an awful lot to get through i think um because I, after the first uh, few scenes, Lucy really doesn't say anything. I think I've mentioned that before, but after then I knew that it was going to be very much a movement based thing and continuity with a character is kind of everything, especially when they don't speak. So everything had to be the same. And I think it was like the walk and like, uh, I made, made a very, very conscious effort about things like, um, in terms of like eye to head movement ratios and things like the, the the way that I did everything and the like 
the horrible, horrible feeling that I felt inside whenever I looked at certain characters, which actually apparently really showed on screen because apparently I'm really scary. Uh, but that was something that I brought that I don't think the guys, um, they didn't, they didn't ask me about, I think we kind of did one shot and they were like, Oh, what did you do? And I was like, Oh, you know, I've like really, really practiced all this movement stuff. Uh, and I think it was really informed uh, because the year before I had done some work um, on a show called Humans, uh, mm -hmm. where I played a synthetic human. So essentially I was a robot uh, that was meant to, it was programmed to act and look like a human. So when you really, really try and be a human, it looks the least human thing you've ever done. Yes. And I think um, that kind of informed quite a bit of Lucy's movement because essentially you're in this body, but you've never used it before. Mm -hmm. So like, you're like, if you, you know, and, it, and it, I think um, in, in an acting sense, you realize that so many of the little movements and, and things that we do are not necessary in terms of the actual job we're trying to do. Yeah. You know, like if you try and pick up a pen, you go, oh, oh, where's the pen? Oh, oh, there it is. I found it. Yes. Whereas if a robot were to do it, they'd go. Pen. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, you don't have to be extra um, about it. Just grab the pen. Yeah, and I, I think that sort of sense of um, being like, um, almost like being like the camera watching you and trying to figure out how to do it. You're like, if you ever had a remote control car or something, yes. it's like, if you imagine that, but inside your own brain, just going like, okay, right now move Lucy, now look evil, now chop some onions. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were, the, the thing that grasped me the most, uh, the first thing that grasped me the most in your performance as second Lucy. Um, okay his when you're delivering the story to the kid oh this, yeah. that was once just i'm like if someone was talking to me that way uh, i would like have to like look up and go can you please try to tell it like a, like a bedtime story please and like this is, it's it's just but at the same time like i absolutely loved it <laughs> like I actually like I'm building this this audio trailer to aspect to release like like in between segments in the podcast in future episodes after the movie releases so I'm I'm kind of taking like clips from the the trailer on YouTube and all that and I actually like have quite a bit of that like intermittently through it like you whispering the story to the child <laughs> and and I'm like, this is oh, it's, this it's might scare the listeners, <laughs> but I don't care because it's just it's beautifully done. And I, uh, I don't know, like in that scene, um, I mean, I, I guess I was kind of trying for this, but I didn't notice it at the time. Uh, but in the final take of that scene, I think it's about two or three minutes long. Mm -hmm. I blink like once. Yes. <laughs> Do you wear contacts? No. You're lucky. I just wear evil, apparently. <laughs> I wear contacts uh, most of the time, and not these glasses. Yeah. And if I go, if I'm like focused in on something, and I go a certain amount of time without blinking, one might fall out. 
Yeah. So you're very lucky you didn't have contacts in at that point. One might turn into like a Dorito or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but the thing is, I didn't, I didn't notice I was doing it. And I mean, it's, it's very evil. It was very late at night. I was covered in fake blood. And mm. um, it's kind of, yeah, I was kind of, I think we, we did do that one all in one take. Um, and then I think they cut into it with some other takes. But yeah, it was... Um, I think it was like one or two blinks. I think one before and then one after the speech. And that because was it. initially you have to go to a different place in some aspect just to tell that story. Mm. Like you went to a, you know, you talked about like she's a higher level possible. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of um, like, uh, like deep rooted, like visceral, like yes. anger. Absolutely. I was saying anguish. It was. It was. She was full on like rage. <laughs> yes. Um, but, and, you know, when something's quiet and cold, it's worse. Yes. But like, that it, it, is it sort of takes because it takes longer to say. It makes you feel more angry. It's almost like if you've got loads of ketchup in a bottle, if you don't <laughs> open it properly, it takes longer to squeeze out, but it's still there. Yeah, it's it's, it. <laughs> it's much scarier than, say, a scene where a killer just walks in and eviscerates everybody. Yeah, or, or if you're shouting, like, if yeah. you're shouting out of... Out of Quiet. Like, yeah, it's fine. Calculated. Like, yeah, that's it. the calculation, scarier. I think, is the scariest thing. Yes. And um, I didn't quite realize how weird I was until I watched that. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was beautiful. Like the performance was beautiful. It really was. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, yeah, I was because um, I mean, apart from the beginning scene, which mm-hmm. I think we established was about twenty pages long. Apart from the beginning scene, I don't really have much to say as Lucy. Not that I needed it, yeah. uh, but I don't really say much until that monologue. But it's only to uh, Buddy who plays Ben, who who is a mm-hmm. fantastic, fantastic actor. Yeah, uh, he did. He did very well. Yeah, he, he's brilliant. And and in between takes, you know, I'd be like saying like, hey, bud, like, it's all right. It's just me. And he'd be like, oh, no. It was, like, it was really, it was really cool. It was a cool little kid. Yeah. But um, like, uh, yeah, I think that was the only other time that I talked. And it's all hushed and like whispered and everything, mm-hmm. uh, which I think, I mean, originally I was just saying it, but I think the whispering aspect, again, brings something else to it um i mean i i mean the script alone was was creepy enough mm-hmm. um i mean some people that watched it have said like oh that poem's great where is it from i'm like that's just the script that's <laughs> they them. Said it was like an old that's poem all them. <laughs> <laughs> um the even the the drooling oh god yeah <laughs> Yeah, no. Do you know how hard it is to fake dribble on someone? Like, so you call it drooling, we call it dribbling. Like, same same yeah. thing. Like, like when you think about it, if if you're trying to get loads of dribble, spit, like, and spit it out, it comes out of different parts of your mouth. It comes out there and then, and then you spit it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really, really confusing when you have a mouthful of fake spit, and then you have to pretend to spit it. Because it's like, well, no, but I'd normally just spit this way out, but then I had to dribble it. And, and suddenly, it's, it's, it's a bit like Chandler and Friends. It's like, I'm suddenly incredibly aware of my tongue. You know, like, like I, suddenly I have no idea how my mouth works anymore. And, and, it, and it 
yeah, it's really weird because that stuff is a mix. It, it's a, a mixing, a mix of like icing sugar, or I guess I think you guys call it like powdered sugar or cake sugar or something, yes. and like um, like water and some glycerin and stuff. And then like so it's quite thick. I mean, it tastes really sweet, but I'm also covered in fake blood, which is also made of sugar. So I'm not really having a sugar craving anymore. <laughs> I'm sick of it. <laughs> but um, it's just the weirdest thing to spit non spit out of your mouth and make it look natural and then like sam can you do it again a bit slower and i'm like no <laughs> it's a very small thing to get over but it's the sort of thing where you suddenly forget how to function as a human being and then you're like hang on am i a fruit i don't know <laughs> before we we close out can you do a uh, american accent um i got there's i mean there's a there's about 38 million there is true. American accents. What's the, if, what's if the one that you... If you have a phrase that you would like me to say, I guess I can try. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, Hello and welcome. Yes, earlier we did have a hurricane coming into North California, but do not worry. Everyone is on the scene and things are going back to normal. Thank you. Back to you, Tom. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> I went newsreader. Of all the things, I went newsreader. <laughs> Well, I mean, but it is, it's like... I mean, hot diggity. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was good. That was very good. Oh, um, thank, you. thank you for lying. It was very, very <laughs> <not lying. laughs> um, the, the way that I, I want to close out is kind of like an inside the actor studio type thing. Okay. Uh, just a few questions. Um, you talked about the horror genre. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, that sounds like a line from Scream. <laughs> it is. It is. I enjoy Scream. I do. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, um, I think most recently the scariest films I have seen that have really, really sort of stuck with me. I think it's called The Visit. Um, yes. Where the, the, they go stay the, with their grandparents. Mm -hmm. That one very chilling um yes. i also uh really rated get out from from a while ago i really liked funny games okay uh, uh with with tim roth and mm -hmm. Watts. um that one stuck with me for a long time uh I'd, other than that I don't, I don't really watch horror films that often but i think those three really stick out for me i mean there's there's a lot of the classics yeah, uh, and then there's, um, I mean, Hereditary. I think is another one recently, which has been a bit chilling. Very chilling. <laughs> but off the top of my head, I think yeah, I think those would be those would be the ones. What was the first scary movie you saw? Oh, um, I don't know if this counts as a scary movie, as you might qualify it. But um, my mum is from Australia, right? So as yeah. kids, every now and then we'd be on these long haul flights. And, and this is a while ago before uh, we had like the digital uh, mm -hmm. TV things. You just have the TV in front of you on the plane and it would play whatever was, was showing. Mm -hmm. And I was about seven or eight and I, everyone else was asleep. Uh, around me like all my family were asleep and I turned on the tv and had the headphones on and um I say on because they were the old foamy ones that didn't yes. go in they were on not in yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and 
I flicked onto this scene and I couldn't turn the monitor off. I couldn't get it to work. I think the button glitched or something, but I saw this man getting fried in an electric chair and it terrified me for years. And I really, it really, really got to me uh, because I was on my own in the middle of this plane. All my family were asleep. I was about seven or eight and there's this horrible scene happening. <laughs> and then years later, I watched The Green Mile. Mm. And I realized that this scene has come from that film, which is actually, all in all, quite a lovely film. Yes. But this is the only bit I've seen of it as a seven-year-old. And it absolutely traumatized me <laughs> for ages. I think it's one of the scariest things I've ever seen. So, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily a horror film, but it was the most horrific thing ever. <laughs> um. Are you into uh, superheroes and stuff like that? Uh, yes. Who's your favorite superhero? Uh, that's really tricky. And it depends what you call a superhero, because I guess I'd say my parents. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mom and dad, if you're listening. Um, I think, I don't know. I think every superhero has their good parts and bad parts. Mm -hmm. Like, um, is it the Flash? Uh, yes. So, like... Let's face it, he acts like a bit of a dickhead, yes. but then again, he saves everyone. So it's yes. kind of like, also, the Flash was always my favourite emblem, you know, the little lightning bolt? Yes. Like, that was always kind of my favourite. I mean, I do love Wolverine. Who doesn't? I oh, mean, he's almost, like, he wears leather. It's Hugh Jackman. He's, yes. He doesn't know he's in love with me yet. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then, so I think Deadpool scores incredibly high, even though I'm not sure if he's a hero or a villain. He's just Deadpool. I mean... Anti-hero. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's go with that one. Yeah. But also, yes. like, Jean Grey. Like, oh, yeah. She's, um, like, oh, if only we could have harnessed her talents. I know. <laughs> I know. What about villain? Your favourite villain? Oh, okay. Um, so, you know Maleficent? Yes. You know she has a dragon? Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the dragon. <laughs> Like, I've been obsessed with dragons since I can remember. I've got, like, you can't see it, but I've got about three or four of them like, around my room at the moment. Um, I've had Wait, so I you're did. a Game of Thrones fan? Oh, yes. Yes. Like, I just, I just, and I also, like, I quite like snakes, but I only like them because I like dragons first. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. I really, really love them. So, yeah, I think, I think, but then also I kind of think, Maleficent's dragon is innocent because it's it's just a dragon, you know. He doesn't know what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> what a um, brilliant answer! <laughs> I guess the the that final question. The, <laughs> <laughs> the uh the final question that would uh, be asked inside the actor studio is, if heaven exists, what's the first thing you'd like to hear God say to you when you arrive? When I arrive. Yeah. Um, don't worry, the parking's free. <laughs> I like that. I don't know, you know, you never specified how I got there, but that's always a worry. I'm from <laughs> London, what can I say? <laughs> I enjoy that. That's good. Thank you. Know, you I mean, either that this. or oh, not you again. Not you again. <laughs> uh, what kind of hinting that you've been back you've been yeah. there before and you I keep coming back chance, damn it. <laughs> i thought i sent you packing yeah. 
thank you for doing this. Hey, thank you. Um, Samantha, uh, Sam, uh, they, they called you Sam, so I hope I can call yeah, you Sam. Yeah, I'm Sam, yeah. Um, I, I, I am just in awe of your performance. Oh, thank you. No, like, I'm not, I'm never sure what, what to say to anything like that, but I, I really do appreciate it because, um, you know, it's just little old me going out there trying to do <laughs> my best and hoping that it works. And somehow, apparently, it did. And, and I'm, I'm kind of lucky for that. And I'm, I really, really appreciate the fact that it hit home to anybody. Mm. Um, and also that it hit home to anyone and they also liked it. So the probability yes. of that is really rare. <laughs> uh, before we close, are there any uh, uplifting words that you would give to anyone trying to get into the business? Uh, in terms of acting? Yes. Or in terms of filmmaking? Acting, filmmaking, anything. I think, I think all of it. I think um, if you have a story that you really believe in and that has some sort of merit or holds I mean I would say holds water something that can mm -hmm. stand its ground with you um just write it and then whether it's rubbish or not just write it and then look at it again a little while later and then write it again and get someone else to read it and just make sure that you get it down and get it out there because there's so many stories that go untold Mm -hmm. that nobody will ever hear and the reason that you don't hear about them is because people don't put them out do you know what i mean it's like yes. when you play the lottery you have a really good chance of winning the lottery if you enter yeah uh, and it's like if you don't enter you don't do it and i think you shouldn't you shouldn't be scared of it you also shouldn't be scared of the feedback you know if you put something out there and it doesn't work don't be scared of the feedback just go back start again rewrite it do something else but don't like just put something out there it's so much better to come to the table with something and then either to be like constructively criticized or to to be taken forward but you'd never know unless you brought it to the table mm -hmm. also if you're that fierce it's good to bring the table <laughs> <laughs> but that goes with acting as well i think anytime that you're worried about something just bring something like you can always do something wrong and get directed in a different way and you can do it in a different way but you always have to bring something and there's there's only uh, you you are yourself everything that you get given you will have your own accent on and i'm not talking about accent in terms of voice it will be an accent in terms of you so you get given a script now you will bring whatever you bring to it of course you can change your performance here there and everywhere but you bring your thing to it and that is your job. And everyone else that gets it, whether they're super similar to you or not, they will bring their accent to it. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But you bring yours. And so long as you bring something, then you have something to work with. So I don't think you should be afraid of that. Mm -hmm. I like so that. that was a massive lecture. But <laughs> what I like do I know? That. I'm wearing a banana for a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> uh, I can't speak enough about the movie, about your performance. About I'm the, so glad that you like it. Honestly. The guy's script. Uh, it was, it was great. Um, it's it's a breath of fresh air in modern horror. Oh, correct. I'm so glad because like last year, well, actually, even earlier this year, when we were out in the middle of, of nowhere in <laughs> minus five, like filming in the middle of the night in a forest up a tree 
Like, you're <laughs> thinking, I really hope someone likes this film because this rope really hurts. Well, thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, no, thank you as well. It's been, it's been fun. I uh, hope to get to talk to you again soon after the movies come out. Um, yeah, maybe on Hosts too. Yes, <laughs> Hosts too. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the sequel. Yeah, the, the Hosts the sequel. <laughs> Hosts on a plane. <laughs> God, <be> please. <laughs> good. Well, yeah. No, thank you. It's, it's been really fun. It's been. It's um really good to hear that you're you're such a fan and that you had so many interesting questions about everything because it's good to know that someone noticed. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But thank you, uh, thank you so much for doing this, and I hope you have a great evening. Yeah, you too. Now, thank you so much. Thanks again. Bye. From us here at Advertising Expressions, we want you to know that we hope that you and yours have been well amid this pandemic. We have been blessed to have survived ourselves and realized that here in Morristown, it can be hard to keep things rolling in times like these. Therefore, whether you are a business that has closed and are looking to reopen, a business that has crawled through this time fighting for the next breath, or maybe you are a business that has done better in this time. We want to help you. See, our business is to promote yours and we strive to do that by getting your name in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are giving you 19% off new quotes that may result in orders of $190 or more. Use the promo code NERDRONA19, that's N-E-R-D-R-O-N-A-1-9. You can find us at 2103 Morningside Drive in Morristown, Tennessee, or contact us at 423-586-3270. That was so much fun to talk to Samantha and, of course, the guys, too. Uh, listen, I have beaten you with it, but I'm going to continue to beat you to death with it. October 2nd, hosts, digital and video on demand. Check out this movie. These actors in it are fantastic. They're talented in each performance. Okay? The directors and the writers, they have they have written a fantastic screenplay. They have written a great script that we do not get to dive into much today in modern film uh number one uh it's 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 perfect timing the the horror is in the timing the horror is in the performance the horror is in the gore being delivered as a mechanism not just for the sake of it it's used wisely it's delivered in the mood and the vibe that you get and the uneasiness in everything. Pre-order it now on iTunes out October 2nd in U.S. and Canada. Go to darkskyfilms.com for more information. Follow everyone that I talk to. Let them know uh, that you listened to the interviews. Let them know, Give them a shout out. Say, hey, I heard you on 30 and Nerdy Podcast. You know, looking forward to the movie. Send them well wishes. I wish, I wish luck to them. I hope this movie just blows up, and 
I get to t- say I told you so to everyone because these fantastic performers and, and Adam and Rich and everyone I didn't get to interview that were in the film, they're all so talented. Uh, thank you, everyone who sat down. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Rich. Uh, it really was a pleasure. Uh, I really hope to talk to you again soon. Can't wait to see the success of this movie. Uh, next time on 30 and Nerdy, it is going to be all New York City Comic Con. Now, we cannot be there in person, and I was really looking forward to that uh, because as it, before the pandemic, I had already kind of started planning. Like, I'd love to go to New York City Comic Con. I know my boys from Three Fat Nerds go. I know that uh, Dre Driven would be there. I know that Ken M., and Padawan J would be there, and I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to hang out with them and nerd out. But as we know, it is all digital now. There is no in-person NYCCC. But that's okay. You can still go to New York Comic Con online. It's going to be a huge event. I am expecting some huge announcements coming out of Marvel, uh, especially after DC Fandom. I wouldn't even be surprised if DC had some other little nugget that they wanted to drop on us there just to keep the positive vibe going through this Comic-Con. So tune in next week. It's going to be all about New York City Comic-Con. I will probably do three-night event uh, on it after each night. Uh, that's what I'm planning on doing. However, I'm not going to go ahead and stamp that for you because life gets in the way uh, sometimes, and I'm not going to promise you that. Uh, be on the lookout for uh, some some news coming soon with the 30 Nerdy Podcast and the Bad Cast Company brand. A lot of new things are happening soon. Can't wait to share those with you. Um, check out the other show that me and the Rev have going, The Road So Far. It's all about the show Supernatural. It's ending in its 15th and final season. That's bittersweet, but uh, that's a heck of a road to get to travel down. Um, I hope that you will tune into that if you're a Supernatural fan, even if you're not. Uh, we started at the pilot episode, and we have been working our way through every episode, two episodes at a time so far. But we might get so into it when we just drop my, drop three episodes or four episodes. Whatever we have time for. Uh, we are doing it because we love the show and also want to just talk about it. So why not? That is an extension of the 30 Nerdy Podcast. It's called The Road So Far and drops on this platform uh, every now and then. Also, The Rev has got his own podcast, Brewing Up Rants Podcast. It is a rated R show, so kids stay away. And uh, there's a lot of fun that happens there. Check out our friends at the Alternate Reality Radio. They are on Twitter now, so check them out. Uh, the Legion of Independent Podcasts, Apocalypse, Pod Nation. Shout, shout out to everybody that we're involved with. Um, huge shout out to ODPH, Ken M. I'm getting my butt kicked in the locks and leaps, man. I am. I. I just getting my butt kicked, and I hope that this week is a better one. So, uh, guys, this has been great. Thank you again to the writers, directors, and cast of the Hosts movie coming out October 2nd. Check it out, video on demand and digital in the U.S. and Canada. So, uh, I, seriously, uh, don't forget to go follow them. Thank you for tuning in. I have been your Duke of Nerds. You all have been beautiful. DJ Mike Howie, take us home.
You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Brought to you by Ashley Lodge Photography, Freddy Cat Productions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Advertising Expressions. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow along with the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation at PodChaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.